Welcome to the Location Technology Podcast from Corkba, bringing you everything you need to know about all things location. Find out more at corkba.com forward slash podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Coupa podcast. Um, here is Fabio Belloni, the host for today. I'm one of the co-founder of Coupa, chief growth officer, and uh, I lead the solution management team within Coupa. Coupa is a company that has uh, been working and operating, uh, providing location-based technology now for uh, 10 years. Time really flies. Um, 2012 when we founded the company. Now in 2022, we have a vivid network of partners globally. And today I'm honored to be here with one of our partners from Germany, uh, Nico uh, from Indutrax, flew in uh, yesterday from uh, Munich, right? And um, spent the whole day together talking about uh, projects and opportunities and uh, how our technologies and platform can work together to the best of providing services to the end customer. But without further ado, I would love to introduce uh, and give the floor to Nico so that you can introduce a little bit yourself, what you do in Indutrax and of course, Indutrax. Yeah, thanks first of all of having me here. Yeah, it's also an honor to be guest of you. Um, I'm uh, Nico Karl, and um, I'm responsible for everything around the product uh, at Indotrax. So, heading up the development and strategy definitions, and, and bringing the best of my past experience in deploying digitization projects uh, using location technologies from yeah, started 2005. And um, within the tracks, we started in 2016 creating a software um, for use in manufacturing for logistics and production use cases, utilizing various technologies, including e-labels, variables, but most of all location technologies to integrate into enterprise systems um, to yeah, leverage um, all the best of these components for optimizing business processes on the shop floor. Yeah, I mean, in the trucks and uh, and you all, the founding team, uh, been around uh, the the business of location-based services and working with location technology for what 15, 20 years now. Yeah, it's uh, more than 15 years now. More than yeah, 15 years, yeah. Time. So you actually have definitely a pedigree into understanding what works, what doesn't work, what is possible and what are the requirements that different, uh, you know, different technology or solution can bring in terms of value to the end customer, right? Absolutely. Yeah, the, um, let's say the key learning from this long period is that it's not about accuracy and inches here and there. It's more about reliability of the information that is captured automatically. So how do you define reliability? Because that's one I like. I mean, I think what you said is very important because if you look at the general trend now in the market, a lot of people approaching the idea of location-based services, location technology, they tend to be quite fixated into accuracy. But that's not really the metrics that at the end really matter in terms of delivering a service. 
and reliability we also see coming more and more. So how would you define reliability in your context? Yeah, reliability is the metric to make the use case work um, in uh, a lot of circumstances, I would call it. Yeah, the customers would love to see 100%, but 100% is not possible, we all know that. Yeah, it's like um, automating um, a station in terms of providing the right information for an order to a worker, um, or even yeah, starting of a program, program of a machine that needs to work independently um, of various factors, influencing factors like uh, changing of the weather conditions or whatever. So it needs to reliably work in various situations and the software alongside with the technology needs to make sure that um, this has happened. So reliability in a way it's uh, a, a it's an umbrella terminology that uh, uh, incorporate more specific like repeatability consistency of the data the fact that you can do the same process uh, or the same action over and over again and measure it with uh, a high degree of reliability that you know that the outcome will stay the same if everything is repeated within conditions right absolutely like in manufacturing in the manufacturing line you got parts that get assembled and you need to be able to monitor consistently that everything gets in place right exactly that's what it's all about yeah our customers are mainly manufacturing companies and when you want to optimize a manufacturing process you can't do it when it works only nine out of ten occasions Correct. so it yes. needs to be working almost every time right right yeah. so the margin for error is very 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 small we are talking at dot zero 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 something yeah. ideally six sigma six sigma yeah i heard that term before it's uh it's very much so six sigma refer to the standard deviation like six times the standard deviation in order yeah. to incorporate uh, the it's a measure of, of reliability through well, the statistical term, like the cumulative density function or, or yeah. the distribution. So anyway, good, good. So without getting too theoretical <laughs> and too mathematical, let's uh, kind of bring back the discussion into, into a kind of an overview of what the market is now experiencing doing in terms of maturation. And um, one thing that actually we were talking also yesterday around dinner is the fact that uh, the the, the young customers are maturing to the point that they start to ask for specific use cases, specific services, uh, and they come to, to us or to you with really a list of questions like, this is my problem, how do you solve it? And uh, for instance, uh, what um, especially you were referring to is that it's not just about the dot on the map, meaning it's not just about knowing where are my assets? What is where? Uh, show a map with a lot of colorful dots or icons that represent different groups of uh, elements or objects. But it's really to make that dot to become actionable in a way. What is it that that dot triggers in terms of information? So can you maybe elaborate what, what does, first of all, a dot means for you? Because you consume the 
location information in your platform and how you transform that as a value for the end customer. Yeah, maybe if we're matching um, that we are all human beings that are very good in um, adopting visual information. And so it's very natural to look at a map and then figure out where exactly are things. So a dot on a map is really the representation, the visualization of a position of an object in an environment, in a space. Yeah, and that that is a very, let's say, logical conclusion to use that information to find things in a quicker way. Yeah, so the searching and finding, that's what we do. Um, when we use Google Maps to find the next restaurant or whatever. And that can be transferred also to production and logistics use cases. But what I call beyond the dot on the map is to make more out of it. Because when you track things using location tracking technologies, then you know how objects move. You know how long they dwell in specific spaces. You can measure all of a sudden things that you couldn't do before without manually writing down things. Yeah, so it gives you a different view on what is moving on the shop floor. So that's what opens up other use cases. Sounds very intuitive, right? That's what yeah. human that's what you do when you visit a, a site or you're the manager or a facility. You want to know how all the processes are unfolding on a daily basis and make sure that uh, not just the assembly moves let's say in rhythm or in sync with the schedule but probably there is a connection also into supply the assembly line with products so can you maybe educate us a little bit into how the manufacturing world is actually a combination of a bit of logistic a bit of warehousing a bit of different uh, industrial <clears throat> aspects. Yeah, the, let's say we work mostly with what we call discrete manufacturing. So it's manufacturing and assembly of um, parts, components that can be serialized if you want. You can touch it individually. And this is then a combination of various steps um, crossing from contractors, um, through transport, into warehouses, into production logistics. So that's the supply chain in the end across multiple sites, but it ends up in um, a manufacturing environment to uh, use machines, stations, um, workers, so, so resources to produce variable products so huge product variance that is something that we can see especially in europe yeah it's not about the mass market production of consumable goods it's more the the specialized products that are really um yeah profiting from using those notion of transparency so that, that is yeah, I, a complex scenario of, um, of managing a lot of moving things are, that are on the shop floor. And there is a lot of type of objects that would move in a, in a 
production line or in, a, in an industrial environment in general, I guess that there are tools that are used for assembly or for scanning product or even for just printing labels that would need to move around. I guess there are pallets, boxes, uh, forklifts, tuggers or anything that could transport plus the goods maybe itself or the items that get assembled throughout the production line. Yeah, the most important ones are what we call the work in progress, right. yeah, which is parts, components, semi-finished products, and even the finished products as they move through the process. And certainly you have all these assets right. which help um, either manufacture the products, yeah, these are then tools, or which transport then the uh, various uh, products through the process, which are then containers, which can be used in a closed loop, but even uh, finished products can be sent off um, with pallets, with, um, yeah, which vanish somewhere and don't come back. So, I mean, everything we are describing now, it's, it's a manufacturing that has happened for more than 100 years, right? So that's yeah. uh, not revolutionary in itself, but what has changed throughout the decades and the decades and the centuries has been the industrial environment itself, or the machinery and the technology that is probably used for uh, creating that assembly process uh, more efficient, uh, more safe for the workers, uh, um, more reliable. Uh, there are probably a lot of other objectives that are not even coming up with now. So all of these probably summarized into this definition of Industry 4.0, digitalization, digital twins, which are buzzwords that are used today across the different vertical markets and especially industrial. So how do you define Industry 4.0 based on what you see and how is that coming along? Yeah, what you have described is quite true. Yeah, you've seen um, in industry quite an evolution in various steps, um, evolution of machinery that got more efficient. But in, uh, let's say, in IT terms, what we saw in the past decades, especially, is a digitization of the back office uh, processes. Yeah, optimizing production planning, uh, optimizing procurement, etc. But however, industry 4.0, that is focusing on the shop floor. Yeah, it's to really manage what is happening on the shop floor and it should not be managed with a piece of paper, which is happening quite often nowadays even. So it's bringing um, the digital shadow to live from sensing technologies, from location technologies and then reacting on those events that occur in the digital world to then optimize things, to react on conditions which are unwanted, to avoid errors where they occur, which is a pokeyogi concept. Can you give us a very concrete example of, for instance, an error that might happen in, uh, in I don't know, when a goods is shipped out or... Yeah, it might be a, a product that has a quality issue that mm. is uh, in a consignation storage, yeah, it should not be used. Yeah, it is blocked. So location tracking can simply monitor that this piece would not move out of this zone. And whenever it moves out, 
an alert is given instantly. That sounds so quite natural, right? Yeah. <laughs> Can you give us another example of maybe some other use cases uh, also when things go well, I mean, the product is good or during the assembly of the product itself? Because, I mean, there are parts that need to come to the assembly line. So where do you go to pick them up and how do you do that? Yeah, that's, uh, uh, let's say, a classical situation in many uh, of the manufacturing uh, customers that a machine um, has a priority list of orders that should be processed and the worker uh, at the machine is constantly looking for the next order that he should process. Mm. And yeah, we know in theory everything is arranged and is sitting in its place where it should be, but in praxis, yeah, people move around things a little bit here and there and then all of a sudden you come into a situation where, yeah, a lot of search time is lost. Location tracking can help here instantly to remove search times, at least, let's say, reduce it to a minimum. Yeah? Right, you right. You can't remove it completely. No, of course. Yeah. There, there is always a minimal margin for some error, but for the vast and large majority of the case, all of those should be identified, optimized, stopped when yeah. the error occurs or to help the worker to maybe pick the right parts if there is an ambiguity between different... Absolutely. Uh, yeah, you can use uh, commands uh, instantiated by the software and it's sent via radio to the tags that are used to track the objects. Mm. They can blink up with an LED. Ah, yeah. so that visually the, the, the worker knows from which bucket maybe to pick up the spare parts. Absolutely. Oh, that's very intuitive. That's very intuitive. So what, uh, how does the Indutrack platform helps in this case? What does the Indutrack platform produce in terms of value for, for an end customer, like in a, in a manufacturing side? Let's say on a very operational view, it helps to uh, deploy technologies in an easy and agile way to reduce cost huh? because we can provide some of our knowledge, our experience um, from the past that we have built into the software to have, helps to get to the required industrial reliability. And then on the second uh, few or the second few is really to, um, co to, to prepare the data such that it will be exchanged in between the enterprise systems that hold the master data easily provide the reactivity um, by offering no coding um, behavior definitions so it's easy to define what should happen for the end customers and then in the end all the data ends up in a database so it's available for historic use so for historic analysis, I wanted to say, um, which then drives lean initiatives from a completely different angle because it's data-driven what ends up in the database. So it sounds to me that there are, even though the environment is one, there are so many different use cases and, and people and roles and stakeholders within the organization, the end customer organization that can benefit for the, the data and the insight and the reporting and the alarms that your platform can, can create, right? Absolutely. So yeah. how do you see 
the combination of your platform plus Coupa to maximize the, the benefits for the end customer? Yeah, um, Coupa technology provides a lot of flexibility. Uh, it is adapted across many different environmental scenarios. Yeah, scaling nicely from, let's say, rough proximity information up to precise location of a submeter accuracy. And that's the situation that we find at our customers, that there are areas where you just need to know how good is inside. Mm. You're not interested where exactly it is. Like presence detection. Like presence detection. And there are other areas where it's really important to, un or to distinguish between a buffer area and mm. um, um, a value at machining area that have a common border is next to each other. So you need a couple of centimeters of uh, resolution accurately. That's one thing, but most important, reliability. Right. Reliability. Right. Yeah, because you can't give the wrong information to the customer that wouldn't help them in any way. So how do you see the market status at this stage, like the end customer, when they come to you and they approach you? Do you see a, a, them become more and more aware into the value of location services or are they just in exploratory phase? What's, what's your feeling? I mean, you've been in this market now for many years, so probably you've seen an evolution on that. There is an evolution, yeah, and the notion of location awareness, it gets more and more adopted, although it's still in an innovation stage, definitely. Yeah? In 15 years back, we saw mostly automotives or aerospace companies um, that could afford to deal intensively with those technologies. And now it really grows into smaller companies. Yeah, one of our customers just has 300 employees. Yeah, so it is possible for, let's say, all companies um, with um, yeah, a certain product range um, to implement location-based solutions. So you, you, if I kind of extrapolate the essence of what you're trying to say, is really that the, marketing is, the market is awakening to the understanding of the value of location-based services and how that can leverage on a day-to-day base for increasing productivity, reducing cost, uh, human mistakes or human factor into impairing the, the, well, the production line to practically work as smoothly as everyone would like. Yeah, I think it might be also due to the fact that in our private lives, we are used to using location data. Ah, yeah, when you navigate, uh, meet friends and so on. That's true. Yeah, and so it gets more and more common to try to adopt those notions into business lives, into Absolutely. production scenario. And also, certainly, the, the younger generation, uh, the digital natives, they come into the game as well and provide a different view onto things. So that's I, the reasons why I think it gets more and more adopted. But still, it's, it's not a one-off process where you say, okay, I need some location tracking uh, feature like Wi-Fi connectivity. Right, right. And that, there, 
is a little bit of way to go down the road. Yeah, you know, I, I like your analogy that, I mean, the, the, the new worker generation, in a way, they come to office or to the working floor with a clear understanding of why location is important for them on a daily life. And then they can probably quite easily extrapolate why that is important on their work life as well, not just personal life. So can you confirm that, that all the projects that you have done now, how easy or difficult has been the kind of getting the sign off from the workers on the floor or managers or the people that are involved into the project? Yeah, usually what we see is once adopted, the technology and the software is used on a daily basis with uh, a, a, a lot of uh, enthusiasm right. because it helps people get their work done in a better way, right. in an easier way. Yeah, so that is definitely one thing that can be seen uh, from the shop floor. On the management level, yeah, you need to still convince on a pure financial basis that you Money provide talks. a value. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and this is where um, addressing multiple use cases really helps because once the infrastructure True. is in place, you can simply, by adding software features, address more and more use cases. So you gain more and more benefit uh, from your investment. And mm, yeah, see, most of the investment is still on putting in place the infrastructure for indoor location technology. GPS, yeah, we have the luck that someone put in place the satellites for us and we're just consuming. Yep. Yeah, but for indoor, we need to put in place the infrastructure by ourselves. Absolutely. So I, I fully agree that, that, that the, the fact that you want someone could have and make use of one infrastructure that could funnel and satisfy multiple use cases all at once does help significantly, also in terms of scalability, because then you don't need to always think about what next, what next technology do I need to invest on? But uh, it's, it's actually one technology base that you can build upon. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. And of course, your platform, it's uh, very uh, flexible into accommodating many different use cases, uh, right? Yeah, absolutely. That, that was the principal design of our software. So we give it into hands of our customers so that we create a long-term partnership. They can define behavior, they can evolve uh, their use cases on their own. So I, unfortunately we are coming to, a, to, to, the, to the end of this podcast, uh, but uh, I could still talk quite a lot <laughs> with yeah. Nico. And, uh, and I mean, the other evening we spent a few hours talking about technology marketing and, uh, and market evolution and how location is becoming more and more common into the everyday use. But hey, without, without really, uh, really spending now the excess time, I would love to thank Nico for being here with us, for having come to Finland to visit Kupa uh, and for being part of this podcast. Yeah, and um, thank you for hosting me, having me here. It's been a pleasure. Likewise. Hey, and thanks everybody online for listening to us. More podcasts are going to come soon. And uh, bye now. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.